Hi, my name is Mifa. This is the third episode of the fourth season of the You and I podcast. Welcome. Yeah, it's great to be here again recording. Um, I would want to apologize for the delay. Uh, in the last episode, I mentioned that um, I was going to have a guest who was going to speak about you know online bullying and some other stuff, but unfortunately, uh, that cannot happen because of some scheduling conflicts. But for this week's episode, I had the opportunity to talk to an amazing guest. Um, her name. Her persona is called Lara. She's a sex educator. She's uh, an erotic writer. Quite popular on Instagram. She has a page called Lara Sensations. And for the longest time, I've always been fascinated with how she, you know, got to that point where she started creating those content. The, the contents are always sex positive. You know, they're always very insightful, very educative. And um, it was really an honor to speak to her, get to know her more. Although she was still very much anonymous because, like I mentioned, Lara is, you know, her, one of her personas. And it was really cool talking to Lara, getting to know more about her. And we spoke about taboos and um, fetishes. It was an interesting conversation. It was really insightful. And I really hope you enjoy our conversation. So I'll see you at the flip side. Cheers. Yeah, so um, welcome to the You and I podcast. Um, it's great to have you here. Uh, for those listening, I would like to introduce you as uh, the founder, the creator of the amazing Instagram page, Lara Sensations. If you could, you know, do a little introduction, that would be dope. Okay, so hi, um, Lara. And Lara is like one of my other different personality completely different from the regular <laughs> the regular writer nine to five worker shy girl with glasses kind of vibe so lara is just one of my many personalities and lara sensations is my baby so basically where i have to you know talk about sex relationships and you know teach people about everything everything they are free to talk about everything they know and they do and just get to talk about so basically that's that about lara yeah that's that's dope you mentioned um you're just a typical girl with glasses i actually like girls with glasses so just putting it out there so there's no confusion um but it's nice um welcome to the show lara um i, I have to say your page has been like one of my favorite on instagram although i hardly go on instagram because too many pictures and you know that are the quick finish but basically you always have you know engaging topics on your page because basically sex sells right uh but yeah. i think there's a sense of also there's an educational pull to your to your page which is if you, if you, you know taking out the whole fantasies about sex and everything you know it's it's a page where you can go and learn new things right so um i think yeah. Before we get deep into what we're going to discuss, I'd like to know how, how did your journey come about? Like, how did you go to start creating that page? What made you decide, okay, this is what I want to do? Like, this is what Lara should do with this topic. How did you get to that point? 
Um, okay, before Lara's sensations, I there was maybe it'll be it was just a personal pet project for me to just write. So I was just writing about everything, everything that goes on in my hair. At the point I was talking about Lagos, I called it Vaglos because that's like basically my hashtag right now. So it was just about you know, Lagos creating content. And after a while, I realized that I actually like to talk about sex and I like to have sex conversations. And I get people get to always talk about sex when they meet me, but when we talk and if it comes up in a conversation, because I'm really open about it, people share their experiences with me. And most times, people are always doing it the wrong way. I did it the wrong way. The first time I had sex, it was completely wrong. Like there was nothing right about it. And I said, you know, instead of me shying away from this conversation and just you know, I could also blog about bag loss and other things. Why don't I just talk about sex and, you know, just put it out there. So I started with erotica, just writing, you know, erotic stories and all of that. And, okay, it was engaging. And I said, okay, I think I should keep progressing. I said to just share my experience. Most of the time I talk about things that have happened to me. I talk about things that have gone in my head. And it was just, it was just going to be like an experimental-ish, but it turned out well. So like, okay. It comes easy and basically actually comes easy for me. I don't have to you know, stress my head, although I have to do lots of research, but I don't have to keep stressing my head about okay, what to talk about because people keep having this conversation. People make mistakes every day and sometimes they don't know anybody to actually tell them the truth or tell them to help them or guide them. I was like, okay, just be the person, just be Lara and, you know, be human, just interact with these people and let them know that it's fine. I mean, it's fine. Sex is not a stigma. It's not something that's not something you should shy away from or just hate yourself because of it. It's it's normal. It's what makes us human. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I appreciate that. You know that mindset. And I think a lot of us, you know, basically because of the way we've been raised, where we're coming from, you know, uh, basically culture and everything. Sex is one topic that. As much as people do it, um, to use that phrase, people are always kind of um, stumped when it comes to talking about it. People are always trying to portray this image that it's, you know, they, nobody does it, you know, but we know that everybody does it. So I think it makes sense to have, you know, open and honest conversation about it. And I think your page is doing that a lot. And not just that, um, it's it also has this, funny approach to things which is which is really good is that is that your personality is lara the kind of person who likes you know making funny connections and also crafting good stories around sex yes um i think because i'm a very laid-back person and chilled i could basically be freaking out and i would have a very calm face and i would just be looking I've learned to not, you know, not stress about things. So I always have this sense of humor, even when they make a joke about it. So I think it's just, it's it's clear in my writing, it's clear in my content. I can't even shy away from it. Even when I try to, just still comes out. So just my personality is basically Lara Sensations. is my personality. It's me. Just, it's still me. It's who I am. So, yeah. Yeah, and that makes sense. So um, to segue into what we're going to talk about, I think it would help to you know bring that your um, that your funny personality into this because <laughs> the thing we're going to talk about is something that people don't actually laugh about. It's not the, it's not the laughing about sexual 
discussion, which is basically sexual taboos. Um, a lot of us have heard about it, but I think it's only a few that comes to mind. When, when people say sexual taboos, people always think, I think the first thing that goes to mind is always in a very, you know, uh, religious society like us, that would probably be homosexuality. That would be the first sexual taboos. Homosexuality and then I think incest might be the second that comes to mind, right? But um, yes. with your extensive... I would like to say extensive knowledge of sex, the, not, not sex per se, but the conversation around sex and what you've researched about. What, what are your thoughts on sexual taboos? Like, this is the first question, which is very general, which is very, you know, open, but generally, what are your thoughts about sexual taboos? Okay, so basically, before I talk about sexual taboos, there are taboos, this behavior is not acceptable maybe in this culture or in this tribe or you know lots of things they're just unacceptable things for instance there's incest so you know is it taboo is it taboo in nigeria let's say western part eastern part but in the north it's like acceptable or you can marry your cousin other parts of the country is acceptable so basically i think taboos are just taboos are from they are subjective that is how i like to think about it they're just subjective, what is applicable, and they're mostly influenced by either culture, religion, and the rest of that. And because of that, um, the whole stigma around tab taboo is also reflected in sexual taboos. So you hear stuff like, you know, homosexuality, like you mentioned, homosexuality, then there's bestial bestiality, there's BDSM, there's even masturbation. To some people, masturbation is like, a, um, you know, it's a no-go area because, you know, we can also back it up with um, religion, culture, and every other thing. I feel like anything you talk about, because anything that it's taboo can always be backed up. I mean, if someone talks about um, BDSM, someone talks about homosexuality, they can back it up, you know, with religions and the rest. But when it comes to taboos, sexual taboos, I think that... Um, think of us as humans i like to think of everybody as how how do i describe it we're not we're not the same we'll say um a bag of rice yeah or let's say we ha we are in the factory we're all made from the same clothes even if we're made from the same machine we don't always come out the same way everybody yeah. would not like everybody's not going to like beans everybody's not going to like um spaghetti somebody else can wake up one day and just make okra i don't even know how they discovered okra obono or how they <laughs> i said you know what i'm tired of eating a goosey soup so let me try something and oh i think i like it and it works well for me then i'm very sure the other people that were like you know what okra soup doesn't work we should not eat it it draws it's going to draw you back i know there are there are parts of it must it here like I say, oh, don't eat okra soup from any kind of person. It's going to draw you back, draw you back from whatever you want to achieve. So I'm very sure when okra soup was like, it hits. <laughs> then someone will be like, no, we're going to stick with ego seeds. Some people will try okra. But you know, someone will be like, okay, I think there's nothing wrong with okra. It's acceptable. That is just how sexual taboos are formed. The fact that it doesn't work for you doesn't mean it's not going to work for another person. They are all subjective, and I don't think I'm in that place. I don't think anybody is in that place to tell anybody, you know what, this is what you should do. This is what you should not do. This is what you do. This is what is right. Everybody has, we all have different tastes. We have, we have things that we like, even when we learn about it. 
there are things that I may not be able to understand, especially when these days when I learn about fetishes and there are times I read about some certain fetish and I'm like, ew, I can't do this. <laughs> God said, yes. In as much as I have lots of sex conversations, I get disgusted. I'm like, oh my God, I can't try it. But there are people trying, there are people coming out to tell me that, okay, I think I like this. It's interesting. I, I can't understand them. That's the truth. I cannot try to say, oh, I know why this is interesting. There are people that will tell you, oh, I can't like BDSM. It's bizarre. It's crazy. I can't do that. It's raw. It's everything wrong. And someone is going to tell you that, oh my God, I find vanilla sex boring. I can't, you can't try to understand people. And just because you cannot understand people doesn't mean you have to put them in a cage or doesn't mean you have to put a box around certain things they do just because you cannot understand. It's okay for you not to like it. It's okay for you to say, oh, you know what? I can't, I don't think I can ever try this, but it's fine. If you can try it, you enjoy it, it's good, do you? But it's wrong for you to say, okay, you know what? I'm never going to try this or this is wrong. In fact, this should be, this should be banned. Uh, when um, the topic of homosexuality comes up and people are like, why are they doing these things? They are possessed. Well, demons have been here since the time of Jesus or the time of the time the world was formed and everything. That means you, homosexuality can be traced down to that time. Now, in this part of the world, it's banned. It's not acceptable. It's frowned upon. It's a taboo. But come on, you can, you can leave this country and go to other parts of the world and it's acceptable and it's fine. So what, what does it mean? I feel like taboos are just there based on, you know, social constructs, religious constructs, and the society we are in. Does it make you right? No. No. Does it make you wrong? No. There's no right or there's no wrong. It just depends on where you are at that point in time. But labeling something a taboo because you do not, um, you don't understand it or you don't like it, it's, to me, it's a really, is a wrong word because you just, you know, restrict the just make the other people people who are interested in it feel like okay they are not normal or there's something wrong with their sexual preference or and lots of and lots of other things yeah so i think that's like my yeah i think i um to, to a certain degree i ask i agree with your you know your explanation i do think sometimes we just you know we try to find the labels that fit other people just so that we can you know keep them in the box and um I would I would say that one thing one thing that you know comes to mind is that there there is mm-hmm. uh, there seems to be like a thin line between sexual taboos and fetishes, right? Because basically a lot of a lot of fetishes for me the way I understand it is yeah there are a lot of fetishes are taboos basically, mm-hmm. but but the thing mm-hmm. about fetishes that you know comes to mind is it's almost always with regards to consenting adults, right? That's what we would expect, you know, no matter your fetish, no matter what you like to do, um, the person you like to do it with or whatever should be a consenting adult, which is why I said there's a thin line because on talking about sexual taboos, one sexual taboo that is prevalently a sexual taboo is pedophilia, right? Now, pedophilia is a sexual taboo. And you know there are people, a small sect of people, but people nonetheless who actually you know make the argument for it that okay, this might also be a sexual orientation, right? Which okay. by by some explanation, you know they have they can you know use some examples and give credence to that because a lot of times you hear of 
pedophilic people saying they can they are not sure how they can control their urges, you know, urges towards kids and stuff like that. So I think one very defining factor about sexual taboos and fetishes is for the taboos, a lot of times, while some of them might not be reasonable because you know it's just because of your certain culture, a lot of times there might be some kind of biological backings to it. I know, for instance, that a, a taboo like incest, um, while it is still very a very cultural thing, um, a lot of scientific data prove that, okay, one of the reasons why incest is not encouraged or is frowned upon is because, you know, um, if, if, for instance, you decide that you're going to be sleeping with your sister, if there's a genetic defect in you and in your sister because you came from the same parents, chances are if you guys were to have a kid, that genetic defect will be transferred to the kid and it might even worsen because it's coming double dose this way, right? So yeah. there's some sort of you know, backing towards it or as to why the society would agree to say mm -hmm. this stops, this thing should not you know, count. And then you go to something, again, something like pedophilia, and you realize that you can easily make the argument that, okay, well, these people cannot really control their urges. You know, they can't control who they love or who they care for, who they want to. But I feel like the, the point there is uh, pedophilia is not between two consenting adults, right? Not, you're, not, you're, you're, you're going for kids who cannot yeah. make a decision to say, um, no, I don't want this. You know, that's, no, that's, no. The, that's where you draw the line, I guess. Exactly. Sorry to cut you up. Most of the time, most of these kids, of these kids don't even know what is going on. So most of the time, they either grow up to like it or hate it, in, or they're indifferent about it. It's just it just ends up that way. There are times I talk to people, and most guys that, or most men I talk to would tell me, "Oh, I tell having said that early. How early? Seven. Why? Why are you interested in a seven year old, or why are you interested in a four year old? Yeah. If it's said." Uh, going to explore if you're going to try your first issue just make sure you're to consent you guys there has to be consent because if it's not consent then it's not it's not it's not sex yeah i that's my opinion if it's not if there's no consent if there's no consent nobody if the other person is not saying no what go ahead i think i want to try it and and, and i feel not, like I feel like we should also mention that it's it's not enough for the other person to say, okay, go ahead. I, I feel like I want to try this. If the other person is not aware of, you know, maybe the risk or the, you know, uh, what this uh, entails. You know, and, and, a child, and a child doesn't have that awareness. A child doesn't have that wherewithal to say, okay, this is what I might encounter with this. Which is why, you know, what, whatever your fetish is, there's that level of concern because the person you're talking to, the adult you're talking to can understand that, okay, you want to try this? Let me go read up on this. Let me go ask about this. If it's something I feel like I can do, then we I go. I can do and go for it. I don't feel like when it comes to sex or when it comes to topics like this, I don't think children, of course, we have to teach children about sex. We have to teach them about their bodies. But you can't just say, oh, I want to try. Even when you want to, even if you're fetish, you want to be like, um, you want to try child play. You want to have someone dress up for you as a child and age play rather. You don't do that with a child. You can't say you're going to bring a child for age play as, you know, that's your sexual fetish. You still have to run it by an adult. So when it comes to things like this, you don't have to bring a child in at the moment because I think the legal age is, is, still, is still 18 years. That's why the fact that we have uh, a system that doesn't work, but it doesn't change the fact that at 18 years, or thereabouts, the, the child is already becoming an adult and, you know, 
conditioned psychologically ready to make some decisions or not mm-hmm. but you can't say oh, because you're interested in age play you're going to now bring a child and say okay you know what you're a child i like the fact that you're a pamper that you told me on well you're just you're sick like you're sick I, it's, it's my opinion because this child does not have a right this child does not have a say the child may be enjoying it according to some people the child may be enjoying it maybe after a period of time but no the child is not enjoying it because of this is the first time the child may be enjoying it in quotes because of series of conditions this child has you know gone through or maybe there had been another uncle or auntie that been practicing it with you. Then at the point, you just get used to it. So some people will be like, "Oh, maybe the child was enjoying it, so they had to you know, play along." No, the child was not. Child, the child doesn't have a say at this point in time. The child has just been conditioned to this particular lifestyle, which is not so, or which is not right. Oh, like yeah. you know, I don't think. I, yeah, I completely right. agree with you. I completely agree with you, and uh, I think. That's another thing, and, and which is why I wanted us to actually talk about you know, sexual taboos and fetishes. Is that that thin line, that thin line of okay, at, at what point do you say okay, this is too much? You know, you talked about how everybody, you know, is different. Everybody might like some people like across, some people like the goosey. You know, just find what is what is what you like, and you know walk towards it or you can try something else or stuff like that but at what point especially when with regards with sex i feel like sex and which is why i feel i really appreciate the fact that your your platform mostly talks about sex about the meats and stuff like that because it's quite educating because you, you discover that because there are fewer people willing to open up and talk about sexual experiences a lot of ignorance just flies around a lot of people are doing stuff that ideally they shouldn't do just because they are not even aware that they shouldn't do this stuff. You know, people don't openly speak about it. Uh, people frown. Anybody that, the means a lady decides, okay, uh, decides to tell the world that they have maybe three sexual partners. They are, they are branded as a slut or stuff like that. And yet, we we are always trying our best to, you know, try to put out this image that, oh, all of us understand what goes on around sex and stuff like that, which is basically back to my point about the whole thin line. For you personally, where, where would you think, what would you think we should draw the thin line between taboos and fetishes? Is there, is it even possible to draw a thin line between that? Especially some particular taboos, because we understand that some taboos are basically because of religion. For, for instance, homosexuality, not, there's nothing wrong with homosexuality, in my my opinion. Scientifically speaking, there's nothing wrong with it, right? But yet, mm-hmm. it's a huge taboo in places where people are even getting, you know, attacked and stuff about it. In Nigeria, it is banned. You get you, you're caught being a homosexual, okay. you go to yeah. prison. So, uh, how do you draw the line between taboos and fetishes? And where, how 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 are you? Able, how does one make that? distinction let's take out pedophilia because we agree that pedophilia is just out there because if you're attracted to a kid that cannot make a decision to why they should be attracted to you then that's just that's probably a health issue so we push that out there but with regards to the other taboos like specifically homosexuality and then how, how are we able to draw a thin line where we say okay this is something that should be you know accepted and this is something that we should you know push aside is it is it something we should do or is it something we should just leave to anybody to make the decision um okay you know the 
the apart from um, pedophilia, you know, the most the crazy thing about taboos, what makes it exciting is just like you know, um, people who like voyeurism, people who like to have um, public sex. There is this, there's this thrill, there's this thrill of not trying something, there's this thrill of almost getting caught. And there's this excitement that you know comes with it. So that that's also the word behind taboos. Most of the things that we used to consider taboo or we once considered taboos are now almost everywhere. They're like everywhere. But talking about drawing the line, personally, I feel where you have to draw the line, or where there are certain things that you know you should not just jump into because it's the rave of the moment and we talked about the health implication i'm not even going to talk about the social and the religious that is that is i don't think when it comes to that i don't think we can ever draw a line because what is accepted in this part of the world or what is not accepted in this part of the world may be accepted in another part of the world yeah so there's this there's this where oh, we, we keep borrowing each other's cultures in as much as we feel like we hate it yeah. But we keep people's cultures to make like become ours. So when it comes to that, I you you can't you can't really you can't really draw the line. Honestly, you can't really draw the line. But as an individual, I feel like as an individual, before it comes to you know thirty, before you try out anything, I say before you try out anything, do you like it? These are questions you need to ask. Yeah. What are the health implications of this? Or like what's the health implication of trying this? The first time I read about rainbow kids, I, I knew that I was never going to try it. I knew that I was not going to try it because it, it did not it did not even sound it did not sound it wasn't sounding normal. It wasn't sounding normal to me. I mean, um the man goes down on the woman when she's on her period, the woman goes down on the man, and when um he comes in her mouth, then they have to exchange saliva and it is not even held. <laughs> It's not healthy at all. Like, so there are, there are so many things. Like, how do you feel when you do this? Is it healthy? I mean, I, I always feel like before you try some simplification, you have to think of the mental implication. How does it make you feel? Because everybody may be doing it. Everybody may be doing it and they will get away with it. And when it comes to, when it comes to you, it would not work. I wouldn't say when I'm, if it's going to be like a generic thing, okay, when do you know when to draw the line? You have to consider your health very important because these days we hear you can you can get happy by just kissing someone yeah so when you go to parties like when you go to wild parties like and sex parties and the rest you know before you just do lots of things you have to still ask yourself okay am i sure i'm ready for this am i going to test the next person before i try because we just keep rotating people especially when you are illegal yeah the person you are dating so can be somebody's husband that you wouldn't know comes your roommate and you know it's we're just intertwined we don't even know some of these things we just keep you know rotating and rotating so you have to consider your health very important and before you try before you try any other thing you have to know if it's something you like mentally but like um going back to your question um drawing the line okay where do we know that this what we're doing is right or what we're doing is wrong i can't i can't say we can really i can't say we can as individuals i can't say we can really draw the line because we're all humans and we're made of different things we're formed we're shaped by different experiences we're shaped by 
like I, I, I don't know how to. We're just we're so we're so different in as much as we're the same. We're so different. So when you when you're talking about you know homosexuality and the rest, what would not work for someone? Someone told you, you know what? I'm never going to try that. You can't say okay. You have to draw the line um, between. You have to draw the line for homosexuality and be like, okay, should I try this or should I not try this? There are people who have been struggling with it for years or so. When it comes to you know trying when it comes to drawing the line i feel like as individuals we should as individuals the best way to make the best sexual decision is for you to know who you are as a person you have to know you have to know who you are as a person that's that's one that's one secret to having like an amazing sex like that's one um secret tip to having an amazing sexual experience that's secretive to you know sticking up for yourself to knowing what you like to know what you don't like to know what you're going to try and to know what it is you cannot try you have to know who you are as a person you have to know okay you may go on i may go online now and i may see a fetish and i'm like oh i think i'd like to try a food fetish because i feel it is something i would like to you know i like to get involved in and i'm going to try it i have to find someone else who's interested in doing that but when it comes to and fetishes, I think every day the line gets thinner. The line, the line gets really thinner. We're just we're intertwining. We're moving into each other, just like most of the time. Most fetishes, fetishes are now considered taboos. Yeah, when you think about it, when you think about it very well, um, fetishes are, are what happens you know during sex the kind of preferences people have during sexual intercourse right i think i think that's that's one yeah. thinking factor but the taboos are you know more generalized now um, in terms of orientations and stuff like that so when you talk about pedophilia or homosexuality these are taboos based on orientations right but the fetishes yeah. themselves are basically the acts, the, the the pleasures that people you know find in their sexual contact yeah. and everything like that. Yeah. They're like non-living objects, attractions, or body parts. It's, mm. it's not really, it's not really about. It's not always about you know, the person. Yeah. In quotes. It's not always about the person. In quotes. It's just certain acts, certain activities, certain things you want to really try out. So the the line is the line just gets line just gets thinner. And I feel like my what I feel is that what people don't understand, what people don't like, what people uh, feel sexually repressed about, they just consider it a taboo. That's that's how I that's how I look at it. I think that's, how I, I think that's a very that's a very accurate definition. Yeah, because even when you consider what is considered taboos, a lot of these taboos stem from the fact that okay, society in general has decided okay, we are going to frown on this because. This doesn't just seem right. You understand. Right? So, but fetishes are more, you know, there's a there's a sense of personal attachment to fetishes. It's between you and the next person you're deciding to do what you want to do with them, which which okay. in a way, it's which in a way it would would look a little bit safer if we did, if we are not in a world now where a lot of the fetishes are you know coming out to public. You know, a lot of people are speaking about them. A lot of people are making them into you know bigger things so i'm guessing that's one of the reasons why it's it's really confusing find, trying to find that divide between taboos and fetishes because right now 
before fetish were things that you just you know it was just your personal fantasy with your partner you know if you like the food fetish your partner knows that that was something your partner knows but now you have a world where everything is in the open there's basically every there's a pawn for every fetish at this point in time right so it's almost like oh even when you're not even aware of a fetish you, it comes to your fire like oh people actually do this so I guess um, for me, what exactly. I would like to know is with respect to, for someone like you that, you know, get you get told a lot of stories. You get, I'm, I'm sure your DMs are always flooded with sexual stories and sexual escapades and stuff like that. Like, how, how are you able to, how do I put it? Because we know fetishes can be weird, right? So how are yeah. you able to discern which one is actually somebody just, you know, making shit up <laughs> and something that actually probably happened because again somebody could probably come to your dm and say well my fetish is that i like having a spoon jammed in my vagina you know how do you know how do you how do you discern and and okay even not not even discerning it because you're not going to just call anybody a liar because it might be true somebody might like jamming a spoon in their vagina maybe that's what gets them to you know point it from point a to b but you as a person, how are you able to maintain that sense of neutrality? Uh, how are you not able to scorn at it? Because again, we, we should accept that as much as you, we con- most of us consider ourselves as open people, there are still some things that when we hear them, we're like, nah, man, this is right, you know? This doesn't, this doesn't make any sense. So how, how, for you in the field where, you know, you talk about sex, you talk about the meat, you talk about so many things with regarding sexuality. How are you able to keep an open mind and actually just basically keep an open mind when you hear about sexual taboos and fetishes and weird stuff that has to do with sex? Okay. Um, I like to follow blogs and pages where people share their own experience because um, the truth is that most times when you're in your own world or when you're in your own space, you feel like this is not possible because you've not done it or you've not heard someone say, okay, they've done it and stuff like that. But it's possible because it's been done. One thing I realized, or rather, if you're thinking about something, or I think I've learned that as a copywriter, there are ideas, there are times I think of ideas, I come up with ideas and I write them out and I'm like, ah, you know what, this idea is mad. And I present it to my creative director and he's like, no, They've I've seen this somewhere before. I didn't even see it anywhere. Do you understand? Yeah. So in as much as you may be thinking of something, but somebody else has already done it just because you've not seen it. And believe me, I hear like the weirdest stories. Like I read the weirdest stories. I hear the weirdest stories because I'm human. At times I'm like, oh my God, what is this really happening? Like, yes, that part of me is going to be like, oh my God, I can't believe this. This somebody is doing this shit. But you have to remind yourself that for someone to talk about this is because they feel, you know, open. People don't want to be judged. People just want to be yeah. listened. To. Yeah. And as humans, it's really hard to cross, to not cross that line, to not feel like, ah, Omar, your own is too much. You. Yeah. Are you sure that? <laughs> are you sure that will open the gates for you on the last day or something like that? Yeah. yeah. But. Even at that, you just have to just you know, just listen. Just I just listen. I try to follow other blogs. I try to read up on so many crazy stories. Oh God, there are crazier stories. I think I've seen a crazy story. Then I see something else that beats that, and I'm like, what? 
then I see something else that beats that. So when people try, to, when people tell me, oh, I did this and I did this or I did this and I did that and I did that, I just, I try to assimilate first. I have to assimilate and, you know, listen or just, if the voice note I listen, if I'm reading, I read and assimilate, I'm like, okay. And I ask questions. The truth is that I ask questions. I want, I'm very curious. So I want to know how it went. I want to know how you tried. I want to know how you got to that stage. I want to know how you thought about it. I just want to know, okay, this is how you were thinking. I've honestly, I just feel like, oh, I believe that just because we are not used to it or just because we don't know this doesn't mean that it's not happening somewhere. I think so many of us are sexually repressed. Yeah. As in, well, apart from, we're even repressed as human beings. We don't like to express ourselves. We don't like to feel things because it's, it's hurtful. So even sexually, many of us are repressed. We don't even want mm-hmm. to enter I know the last time I talked about period sex and I had people, you know, frowning, like, oh, it's irritating, I can't do that. And there are people that are like, yeah, yeah. Like even the first time I, I heard of, okay, giving someone head on their period, I was like, oh, but it happened. <laughs> do you understand? So the fact that it's, it's new to you doesn't mean it's not happening. So you just have to keep an open mind and just know that, you know what, even if this stuff is, it shocks you today, but this thing shocked me just give it time. There's something that's going to surpass that thing tomorrow. If you keep searching, you will find something that's going to surpass it. And so it goes. Somebody is inventing something. Somebody is even inventing one sex style that we've never, we've never thought about it. Maybe we'll be on a horse or something. And we think that is impossible. Yeah, like it keeps, it keeps going. It keeps going. That that circle, I think that's the way the world works. It keeps going. There's nothing. Somebody's going to still do something new. So it's just for you to keep an open. For me, I I try to keep an open mind. I read up on things that I don't know about. I follow other sex you know, blogs, not just in Nigeria. What are other people trying? You know, what are these people trying? Oh, when I see something, I'm like, oh, this guy said he likes begging. But he's a straight dude. At first, I'm like the Nigerian in me is like they lie. He's gay. Yeah. It's because I'm human. Ah, is a lie, Jerry. He's gay. But you know, if you're reading, if you're reading the story or watching a movie, the more you keep going, you try to understand that okay, there are people who on, who enjoy this. They're like, ah. but that's where the male G spot is. Now maybe he just likes it. So it's. You just you just have to keep an open mind because I'm very sure when like when guys were like oh they enjoy when gay guys first came out they said they enjoy sex there and other people were like oh even if they liked it they'll be like no no it's just so you just have to keep being just keep keep your mind open because tomorrow believe me something crazier is going to come up something crazier that we've never thought about I can't even imagine it you cannot even imagine somebody's like I'm doing this and you're like what what is so disgusting I was like, you know what, God, I think the end of the world should just come right now. Come and take everybody who are good. I will find out we'll move on. And when we have moved on, something mad is going to come again. Yeah, I agree with the whole craziness uh, as opposed to as opposed to how most people tend to think of things. You know, something crazy is on the horizon when you think about it. Not just with sex, even with just normal human behavior. And you spoke about being repressed. Yeah. A lot of us are sexually repressed. And I think that's quite profound because especially in this part of the world, we see that even from the stories you glean from the, you know, tales that you've heard, you find that a lot of the things that people do, you know, a lot of the so, so-called taboos that people, you know, do behind closed doors and stuff stems from the yeah. fact that these are people who have not really, exp- um, you know, expressed their sexuality the best way they can. You know, they, they, they've never felt like 
you know, they were in a safe space where they could actually say, okay, this is what I like, this is what I prefer, right? Which is which mm -hmm. is which is understandable because Nigeria as a whole, Africa as a whole is a very judgmental space. You know, a lot of us have, you know, we've been born and bred into the religions that we've our parents have been following. There's no room for understanding. Once you just say something that is a little bit contrary, you know, everybody picks up the axe and it starts to head. Yeah. So um I, when you mentioned being judged, how people don't like being judged, I think I would like to you know, know talk a little bit about that with respect to what you do, respect to you know the kind of content you put out. I'm, I'm imagining as much as people enjoy your page, as much as people come to the page and share their experience, share their thoughts, you know, comment, laugh, and all that stuff. I'm imagine you also get judged quite a lot, right? Just by the kind of content you put out. How are you able to handle that? Like, what, what is your process, especially when it comes to, you know, the more risky things you talk about, you know, penetrating, not, not even penetrating, because I know your page talks about, um, it talks about, you know, self-pleasure, masturbation, it talks about, you know, um, same sex, you know, um, sexual um, stuff. So how do you deal with that judgment that definitely I'm very sure comes towards you just because of the kind of thing that you put out? This is your, when I talk about fantasy, sometimes I get the whole, can I make your fantasy come to life? There are people that just my dear one is talking about sex now, she be on the show. Everybody, you know, everybody just keep telling, sometimes people just keep telling, people just be like, okay, this is my fantasy. This is what I want to try. Can I try with you? The most common of them is tell me what you like. And it's, at first I used to get really irritated, like, what's wrong with you people? What is it? Well, you know, at the point, I'm just, these days, I'm just relaxed. So when I get questions like that, I try to make it business-oriented because if you want to waste my time, we're all going to waste each other's time. Moreover, I'm a business person, so I'm, I'm looking for, if, if you're going to convert it to Naira and Kobo, then fine, let's let's play along. So sometimes I just ask you, are you having a problem? I try to take it down to, you know, your own personal experience because the truth is that most of the time people come to talk to you about these things, they may want to try it, but they don't know who to try it with. They may be in a relationship, they don't know how to bring it up, they don't know. So I can I find a way to see if we can have a conversation, if we can talk about this. This is what you want to talk about. Then if you're ready, you can book a session and we'll talk. We'll talk about your sex life. We'll talk about how to make your sex life better. We'll talk about that. But there are other cases that it doesn't even, people that just keep disturbing, that just keep, you know, ah, you must you must do this. So I just ignore because I can't, I can't answer them. I just have to ignore you. And I like to, I actually like to respond to my DMs. I really like to respond to my DMs. I don't, even if it takes a lot of time, I still like to go back to old DMs. But if I see that you're disturbing me or you don't have anything important to talk about, you just want to see if you can have the one night stand with me, I'll just have to ignore you or not talk about it because can't stop yourself from being judged, right? Yeah. I think that's that's the whole reason for the whole anonymity because there's many times I've thought of you know going on going live. You know what? I just think I want to separate Lara from who the other part of who I am. I don't think I want to you know mix it up, especially in a place like Nigeria where you are an unmarried girl talking about sex. It's worse compared to where you are a married woman. So it's. It's, I'm just trying to, you know, find the balance and not put put myself out there in a negative way because it's not everybody, not everybody has, you know, can comprehend or can understand that 
talking about sex doesn't mean you're available for a one night stand or you're available to have sex with them. So that's one of the very big issues with you know having such a public space, especially for ladies. You know, um, I I recently did an interview with a, a lady who is a nudist, right? So she has a Twitter page where she posts nude pictures, very aesthetically pleasing nude pictures. And one of the things she mentioned about, you know, also her DM is people just reaching out to her and be like, hey, you want to you want to hook up and stuff like that. And she's like, it's funny how people don't understand that being a nudist is not, you know, an open invitation that I'm always ready for you to come and have sex with me. It's just a lifestyle choice. I've, I've decided, okay, I don't like wearing clothes. Not wearing clothes does not mean um, I'm just available for sex or anything. So I think that's and 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 this is sad because it's more geared towards women. You know, when women are anchoring pages like your page, you find such you know propositions, especially from the male figures, because they're like, oh, this person is available. If this person is talking about sex 24/7, then that means they are probably always thinking about sex. But what if this person is thinking about sex in the research oriented way when it's not about you know getting off or anything so it's it's really it's really crazy but i'm glad that you found a way to be able to at least for the most part diffuse it and you know find a way to you know get the best out of such situations which will um, push me to my hopefully last and final questions um we started this off talking about your journey how you've you know how you decided to start doing this you know with the um, lara sensation pages and I would like to know, though, um, do you intend to carry this very far? Like, are you, right now, you're still very much anonymous. You know, people know Lara's sensation, but nobody knows you as per, you know, you're, you're willing to separate your actual life, if I should say that, with this persona. So do you, do you plan on taking this on for very long? Like, do you hope to, what exactly is the big picture here for you with Lara's sensation? Okay, when I first, I told you how I started, but I've always been interested in, you know, sex. So the bigger picture is to become like, you know, a licensed sex therapist, have sex therapy sessions. Sometimes I think of being a low-key pimp. Very funny. <laughs> but, you know, um, so talking about you know, <laughs> sex and relationships for couples, there are times I no i have some of my friends relationships that you know willing to try like three songs i want to you know explore lots of things and it's really difficult finding people who are really you know ready to do that and on a professional level so i think i still want to i want to have that community like i want to have that community of people who want this like okay, if couples who want to try treat some who needs to who are interested in swinging and looking for people who have the same mindset basically because the mindset is everything you may find different people on the street but like some women will say oh why well, i'm scared i don't want someone to steal my husband i don't want someone to steal my boyfriend people mm. that have like the same mindset, that know that okay this is this is basically sex about exploring they know that okay this is what they want to do they want to just try it out so i just want to, i also want to build that you know, community or build a community also, like the mini community in Lara Sensations community for people like this, you know, who are trying to sort out some of their you know, sexual needs and all. And probably in the nearest future, I may do hookups, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's something I want to make my page about because the last time I tried, it was, it was fun, but it was, uh, uh, uh. 
So I don't know if it's something I'd like to revisit um, later on. But I think I just want to have teach people about sex and relationship. Currently, I have sessions for couples who want to talk about their sex life, who want to talk about you know, their relationship life, who are having, who are finding it difficult in the bedroom. Um, you know how to bring back the spark to their sex life. And um, a good sex starts in the mind. And for couples, it's all about intimacy and less for, less about the sex. That's what most people most people get to miss out on that. For you to have amazing sex, then your level of intimacy must be great. Your partner needs to still feel seen. So I, I want to have you know lots of um lots of sessions on that, like classes. Um, therapy sessions for you know people personalized sessions basically that's what I think I'm into walk through them with it not just sit in a room and just have the regular therapy session of course we're going to get to that I'm not discrediting that we're going to get to that I want to see what you I want to see both couples what you guys are like so many big plans for it um romantic getaway for couples basically I just want to see people happy in relationships and having an amazing sex life different from what they've been told different from I don't want to see people having to you know, sacrifice being uh, you have to not sacrifice for like a good mom to for being a good wife or a good girlfriend I want you to I want people to know that you know what when it comes to your sex life you can have an amazing sex life like even my single people, I want people to be more comfortable with you know touching their bodies. I just want to build a community of you know sexually expressive people. And sexually expressive people, not in the sense that you are all up in people's faces, just people who are confident about their bodies, just sexualities, and you know all of that. So basically, that's that's the plan. And you know, long term, long term, I said the whole about being a pimp. You know, I think I should change that word. I think that's I think that's dope. Um, I think I think the plans you have, I, I really hope all of them comes to fruition because it, it does, you know, help. It's I think it would be amazing to have a community where first and foremost you don't feel like you're judged for your, you know, for your sexual, you know, preferences and stuff like that. And then again, like you mentioned, I think mindset is a huge factor because. For instance, when you talk about swinging, if if you're deciding to, you know, you as a couple, you decide to swing, you don't want to go and start, you know, approaching a very conservative, conservative Christian couple about the possibility of swinging when they, you know they have, they have none of that in their agenda. So it makes sense to, you know, be able to meet the right people, be in the right community where your, your preferences are not going to be looked on as something, you know, that is going to damn you for for eternity on it's uh, as as much as it's just exploratory you know you want to explore your sexuality so I, I really hope all of that comes to fruition because with your um, instagram page you have a good thing going um i don't know do you, besides the instagram page for our sensations do you have any other place where um, people can go to see your your work and stuff uh Dormant for a while, but I think my Instagram is like the main my main page, and I also have a newsletter. I talk about everything in my newsletter. My first time, I'm just I'm just myself. Like I just talk about my experiences in my newsletter. So they are really longer than my Instagram pages. Yeah. So for now, just Instagram. You can sign up on Substack. Then you know my museum is still coming up where you can read more sexual articles and 
the rest. And you know, because I'm a writer, I'm going to have like lots of erotica book by next year. So basically, that's something I'm working on. So and that's yeah, that's really cool. Um, that's really cool. Um, I think for me, the final question before we wrap this up would be. Do do we have plans? When I mean we, Laya Sensation, does Laya Sensation has have any plan of unveiling herself soon enough? Are we ever going to see the person behind the mask? I think we'll lose the phone if we do. You've watched Squid Game. I imagine if we saw that guy's face from. I actually haven't. I haven't seen Squid Game, so I guess. Oh, really? Okay, okay, okay. So, no, no, no. Okay. So we're no, still, we're still just having to, you know, deal with the anonymous Lara sensation. That's that's dope. You know, you know, the last time I had a phone about that, and I asked people, most people were like, no, they actually prefer me being anonymous. I think that's the thrill of it. You know, it's it's more fun than really when it gets to like a later stage, then I can decide to, you know, the Yeah, that makes sense. Well, um, thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for, you know, having this conversation with me. It has been awesome. I really enjoy talking to you and enjoy having you on the podcast. And um, honestly, thank you for your insights, for your you know explanations, every little detail you could give us. Uh, it's it was amazing. Um, hopefully, soon enough, maybe we'll have something more to discuss with regards something else. Maybe when a new taboo steps up, we'll be able to talk about it as well. Well, um, for now, thank you so much for your time, Lara. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Mifa. I had a lot of fun. Thank you so much. All right. So take care of yourself. We'll speak again soon. Bye. Bye. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Lara. But basically, the gist of it was that, you know, there is a difference. It might be a thin line and the world is moving in a direction where you know the lines are getting blurred but then again what we need to understand is that consent you know uh, when it comes to sexual fetishes you know consent really matters despite what your fetishes is you need to also have consent for your partner and when it comes to sexual taboos you know you also have to consider you know the environment you're in because sometimes it's you know the taboo might be in your country but then you go to another country and it's you know it's a mainstay so it depends on the environment you are in and whether I like it or not, the world is going to evolve, the world is going to change. Some of the things you've considered taboo for the longest time will no longer be considered taboo. That doesn't make them a bad thing. But then again, you know, the choice is always yours and you're always the one to make that decision to um, with respect to what you want to do. So um, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Lara. Until the next time, until the next episode where I'll bring to you another amazing female guest and her name would be, I think I should just hold this one for now. Well, so that I wouldn't, you know, make the mistake I made in the previous episode where I said somebody was going to come on and it didn't happen. But basically, it's going to be another amazing guest. Um, She's an entrepreneur and it's really, really amazing what she's doing with, you know, her entrepreneurial skills so until next time stay safe listen to previous episodes and you know be good cheers this episode of the you and i podcast is recorded in front of a live studio audience <laughs>